Okay, what's up, everybody? We're live now. This is Dustin Coiner, and we're on Talking Motorbikes again with the uh, traveling writer, coach, data engineer guy. Uh, what, Something uh, like that. Driving cars and shit. I don't know. You got a fat lip because you got in a fight. You know, Scott Russell. I don't know. I hang out um, with Scott Russell. Yeah, I hang out with Scott Russell, and uh, yeah, he took me to a couple of his favorite places. But... So what's up, Ken? <laughs> yeah, the normal stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, the the traveling life does uh, bite you in the ass every once in a while. In this case, yeah, I'm coming off of I I did um, what did I do? I did f out of 15 days, 14 of them I were at the track, and you're I mean you've been there. Yeah, you know, so dude. 14 days or 15 days, 14 at the track, including two cross country you know runs. Uh, so that was brutal. And of course I ended up catching COVID last week. So that was wonderful. So done with that. And then, uh, yeah, today was, uh, um, a skin cancer biopsy. It's freaking awesome. I mean, you know, you just got to have that in there, you know, right? yeah, there you go. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been just doing the show thing. I did have to reschedule Tony's till next week, unfortunately, but, uh, you know, I've got you tonight and then Lucas Jibo or Jibu tomorrow night. He's like a, one of those Harley dudes. Awesome. The dude's got a beard and everything. Like he's he's a good dude. Awesome. So. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there's there's so much going on. I don't even know where to freaking start. I mean, I I, I think we should start Road America where let's we let's get after off. it because smoky was... bikes and all that shit. Road America. I mean, so Road America is my favorite track. Yeah. I just it's I, I don't know. First of all, the first time that I rode there was I think uh, around 2009 or 10 with Dick Ionach. We did this Buell thing. And it was the best job in the world. So Nick and I did six months of Buell paying us to go beat up people at track days. And it was basically we were riding these stock Buells and we were there, we were there after Moto America or after AMA or Moto America. And our job was for two days of doing being at these track days. And our job was literally take a stock Buell. So take a stock Buell and pass everyone. I mean, literally, that was our job. So our job was stock tires. We put a little bit of a setup in them. And then our job was to pass everyone. Yeah. So one of the tracks we got to go to was Road America. And I just gelled at that place. I loved it. It, I, I, I was quick. Um, I just got along with it, had a great time. And to me, that has just been one of these iconic old school badass tracks yeah. that is it's just it's just history and and the area is amazing too right elkhart lake and just the surrounding area is just wonderful yeah i mean you know they did a repave i mean Ugh. i mean going all the way back to portugal last year when the rumors of it were coming you know like i think i told you back then you know uh laura baz found jake in the pits i was like i was like jake's little handler bitch you know like i had to make sure like the the marketing person the person at Yamaha Blue Crew wasn't able to make it and so they're like up my ass to make sure that Jake got to this press conference or whatever you know so I'm walking Jake there and Laura Baz walks up to us and was like dude Road America you yeah. know I was like oh shit so yeah if, I mean it's if you've ridden I mean it's one of those places where you should go to enjoy your life riding a motorcycle that's how yeah. good it is like. Don't take a lap timer. It doesn't matter if you're on a 400. It doesn't matter if you're on a thousand. Just enjoy your life and go experience it. It's that. It's literally that to, good, man. I it need is to. that good. There's been a lot of scumbaggery for me to come join something out that way. So at some point, I'll get out there. 
You should. And of course, yes, they repaved it. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of, I mean, we'd heard some scuttlebutt, you know, before the days I, I, you know, being on the car side, I know a lot of guys that were there on the car side and it was really interesting. The car guys, and of course they're car guys, uh, they were saying the track was slower. And I was like, I you know, kind of find that hard to believe. But then again, you know, maybe yeah. it wasn't up to temp. I, I don't know. They're saying, yeah, it's pretty, you know, pretty abrasive. But um, the track seems to be slow. Dude, I heard that too, actually. You know, there was, uh, there was a, a little birdie, I guess you could say, taking lap times of one of the te- at the test, like, I don't know, month and a half or two months before. And the times were slow, reportedly. And... You know, it, also, like, it also it also snowed two days. Yeah, it snowed two days before that. So right. there was like, that. why are they doing two sixteens? Like, what's, yeah. you know, like. So. But yeah, the car guys had said it was slow, and so I thought that was kind of you know that was kind of weird. And yeah. you know, we get there and we saw you know Dunlop had um, had an interesting tire selection, and meaning they went on a little bit of the harder scale. And we're thinking, oh yeah. man, they're they're we're on the R, rear R sevens and R eights. Fronts, we had choices of R3s, R5s, or R7s. And, yeah, I mean, when we went, I was pretty nervous on our side because we normally, um, to make sure we've got enough tires for to do, to do the things we want in Supersport, right. we'll run one rear in FP1 and one front in FP1. And a lot of times I'll reuse that front in Q1, so that gives us more rear choices for, for Q2. And so I had actually prepped a secondary tire for the rear in case we needed it. And we, we, he, CJ went out and did his, his normal deal. Right. And a couple of things happened. One, uh, he basically blasted his PB from last year in five laps. I mean, just obliterated it. Just smashed. He's riding way better though, right? Uh, like, he's riding really well. Some of yeah, that. Yeah, but is... I mean, Okay, but we're also we went four seconds faster than last year. Four. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, four. I mean, <laughs> four. It's so I like. Mean, do you pat your back on for coaching? You know, because he rode better, or um, is it just that so much the tracks just better? It, no. Well, everybody went quicker. I mean, I mean, Supersport went sixteens. I mean, it was just insane how fast uh, how fast they went. Yeah. So I mean, they they everybody went a couple seconds faster, and and that makes sense. But even even so, we still we still picked the pace up quite a bit. But when he came in, the rear tire looked brand new. Like it looked like there's times where your tracks get repaved where the rear yeah. tire just looks like it's been sandpapered. It just looks gorgeous. Yeah. That's kind of how this looked. Now the fronts were tearing. And so we did we do, did do some things for, for the front. Um, I know people were trying different things on the front, but we weren't too concerned with the short race distances. Uh, I mean, we talked about it a little bit on the front, right? Uh, both Cody, and, uh, Cody Wyman, when mm-hmm. I had him on, um, and then Richard Stamboli kind of confirmed that his riders had similar instances where, you know, in certain places on the racetrack, they'd go to the brakes, barely any, any brake pressure in the front tire would just lock up. There was so much grip. I mean, we had to, to that point. Yeah. I mean, um, so going to the new surface, the, the big complaint was lack of feel, uh, just because it was yeah. so smooth. So we had lack of feel. Reference points on track weren't too bad because cars and bikes had been out there, so that at least there was something down for people to 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 check out. So that really wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, but yeah, it was one of those deals where the riders would come in and go, it, "It's like I'm not sure how hard I can push because I don't right. have the feel." 
Yeah. And I think that's part of why the lap times kept getting better and better is they just didn't understand sort of where the, the, right. the limits the limits were. were. And on data, it was the same thing. We saw yeah. a little bit later braking, a little bit earlier acceleration. And in our world, we just saw mid-quarter speeds right. uh, uh, come up. So Yeah, I mean, on Richard's data for Jake Gagne, he actually did an overlay from Gagne last year to Gagne last weekend. And, um, you know, like for the carousel turn, for instance, like Jake yep. was actually quite a bit slower going into it, but faster through the middle and using way more lean angle. Yeah, we were, I would, that's accurate. We were definitely faster. Um, we were a little bit faster in, and that could have been just some rider improvement way faster through the middle, about yeah. three degrees more lean angle. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we kind of echo that just maybe not on the level of Superbike. Right. But yeah. We, we echo that as well. Um, but yeah, absolutely amazing performances. I mean, how fast the bikes went, uh, and Superbike was just, yeah, dude. Mind blowing. Like, I mean, Cam Bobier damn near went 08s almost, right? He was like a two flat. Yeah, 209 flat, right? No, I think, no, no, didn't I thought, I have to, now I have to I look. I don't think he got oh, in the, I don't, I don't think, or something he, like that, I don't but. think he got in the eights. I think he was like 09 flat. It was, is, they, but they were breaking the lap record like every other lap. Yeah, no, no, no. They were super, super fast. And they more were, than one rider. I mean, I think even the Ducati broke the lap record at one point. Yeah, it was it was nutty. Yeah, it yeah. was nutty. So on our side, in the super sports side, it, it, you know, for us it went well, except except we had a couple issues. One, uh, CJ was having a great run. Uh, race one, uh, we were actually battling for eighth with uh, with Blake Davis and Maz, and it was a great race for us. Uh, for CJ, um, we were in the 19s, which was wonderful, and we ended up getting tenth in that race. And then the second race. Uh, not as quite a good a start, uh, but we battled. Lap times were actually quicker, and uh, CJ was was in the hunt for the battle for eighth on the last lap, and then unfortunately uh, tucked it in the chicane. So That's we nice. got a little biker building to do, but um, the fact that his performance was so high uh, was wonderful. And then Maz, you know, Maz had a good performance as well. He had um, I, we lost a motor. I think they lost a motor on that side of the tent. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of an issue there, and that's that also might be down to part of the other conversation that we uh, will talk about. The smoky bikes, right? I mean, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, literally, like 20 minutes ago, I just got off the phone with Stamboli, and I guess the VP sent a guy to the shop. And Richard walked him through there. You know, he showed him all the pistons and everything and, you know, basically explained from – in full detail, the spec of the engine was exactly the same as last year. Um, and the dude, I, I, I think the dude from on the fuel uh, from VP was like from the Supercross side maybe. But he was like, I'm sorry, man. That sucks, you know. And then they took a fuel sample and left. So I don't know what's going to happen hmm. with that. But Richard's like, dude, this shit cost me 40 grand in yeah. six laps. Like, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I can only imagine on his side. And, you know, to back up a little bit on on uh you know on the Mazda side of the tent yeah where i mean everybody's going so fast and the r6s to be the r6s have to be run at such a high level right. to even stay in the show yeah. and yeah to be to be fair moto america did make an adjustment on the 750s and right. the Ducati, um, we don't quite know what that adjustment was, but you know, it helped even you know balance things yeah. out. And honestly, it was it was good. I mean, I think you know, my personal opinion is the V two wasn't that far off anyway. 
Right. Um, so I, I don't think the V2 was 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 that bad. The 750s, of course, still had an advantage off the corner and top speed. So yeah. In in all fairness, we did see some balancing out with that, and it was it was definitely good. So that we appreciate. Yeah. Um, and then again, to run an R6 at that level, it's got to be, I mean, everything. Yeah. Everything has to be. Perfect. Oh, I, I I know who does your guys' engines. So he's well, like part of the family, kind of. So well, so our engines are done by somebody else. So on our side of the tent, but that, but your side that side of the tent, I mean, yeah, I mean, Mark does a great job and, but I mean, right. to, I mean, he's, he, he knows, he knows how to do stuff. I yeah. mean, I mean, come on. So it's, your guys' uh, engines aren't done by Mark? No, ours are Graves. Oh, okay. Yeah, everything on our, everything on our side of the tent is Graves and it's just, that's the choice that we made a few years ago and we've got a great relationship with Chuck and we're very happy with everything Fair on enough. our side. And Maz's stuff. Yeah. I mean, Mark is doing, Mark Rizima's, Mark is um, doing Mazda stuff. But again, to run at that level, yeah. man, it, if everything has to be perfect. And yeah. it, it, anyway, I, mean, yeah, look, I don't know. You know. I know, I know the spec of those things. They're about, they're pretty much the same spec as, you know, our team want, uh, yep. rode at uh, Daytona basically, Correct. right? Like that kind of same, yep. same stuff, same spec of engine. And, um, you know, but like when you're on, when you're doing that shit to make the R6 go fast, you know, and if the fuel changes a little bit, piston melts. Yeah. And again, it's, I mean, when you look at it, why, you know, there wasn't a problem. We haven't had a problem in any of the weekends and suddenly there's problems. So anyway, I'm not, you know, not saying. Hopefully they address it, but I mean, it's, it's like a summer blend chemicals that we didn't know about. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But it sucks. Yeah. Same thing on their side. Right. You know, they melt down of, you know, I mean, a minimum $5,000, probably $8,000 R6 motor. So yeah, it, it, it sucks. Yeah. So anyway, super sport side. Yeah. We had, obviously there was, there was a lot to cover with, little bit of the rules changes in asphalt and, and, you know, our team went super fast, a uh, little drama on our side, but, um, actually we left very happy and we left with, um, a lot of great information that's going to take us into next week. So, yeah. So basically your backyard, you don't need, you could go home at night pa- practically, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> go to our favorite Mexican restaurant. Life is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it, is, it is wonderful. Yeah. I mean, um, when I went to the Ridge, we, like we were staying in some hotel, like, quite like an hour from the track it's crazy it's like and and you know i don't know if you if if you're familiar with the way the attack boys work but it's like once richard gets a place that's the place that they go every night <laughs> i get it i get it. i mean i don't know I'm it was like that way too, it so. was like uh i want to say it was like an irish pub right uh, like right next to the hotel kind of Oh like, yeah, I think you guys were staying in Olympia. I'm not yeah, sure yeah, we were staying in Olympia. Yeah, yeah, we're the opposite. We're on the opposite side, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you know, the ridge is coming up. Um, weather's looking mild, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for it. So nice, should, should be good. But yeah, back to your. Now, I mean, there were other smoky bikes as well. Yeah. Oh no, not just ours. You know. Correct. I mean, there was. Uh, there's quite a few smoky bikes out there. You know, I think Aussie Dave had one. Um, the, the, the trend was the Yamahas, but you know, like you said, the Yamaha, even on the superbike side, the Yamahas kind of got to go pretty far to, to get them going, you know, because of the rocket ships they have to race against the newer yep. stuff. You know, I mean, the R1 is a, you know, the, the latest generation of the R1 is from 2020, right? So, you know, development's basically where it's at and 
every all the speed you see on on this on the attack superbikes is a lot of the speed is literally out of one genius's mind, right? So, you know, what do yeah, you it's do? not. I mean, yeah, when you look at when you look at the other bikes, I mean, the bottom line is look how I mean the Beamer's insanely fast, insanely yeah. fast. The Ducati's insanely fast, and those are essentially factory efforts. Yeah, I mean, meaning that at least they're getting a lot of their base information from it. Now, whether, you know, they're, they're taking them in house and doing whatever, I don't know. Yeah. But a lot of their base information is, is fundamentally, fundamentally set up that way. Um, and yeah, I mean, those bikes are so fast. Um, I mean, an example of how fast they are. I mean, look at um, early, wait, earlier in the week, right. Um, didn't Peter Hickman like set the overall lap record at the TT on a super stock a stock Some, thousand bike, yeah, so insane. I mean, how fast he went, yeah, insane. I mean, that guy's kind of like got a few extra loose nuts yeah. upstairs, but I mean, that's you know, was it 136 mile an hour or something, 138, something like that? Something yeah, I don't know, 135 something is what I heard, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I didn't pay too, I didn't pay too much attention to it, but yeah, I mean, pretty crazy, obviously with the with the repave, but you know, seeing seeing the Ducati there. Um, and seeing the Beamer, Beamer there, um, it's a bummer we couldn't have a little bit more closer racing with with some. I mean, the racing was pretty good up front, yeah. but um, you know, Cam going out was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, Cam um, Bobia going out in the second race was a little bit of a bummer because I think he, there was there was something there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I yeah, I thought... that was a gift for us, honestly. I mean, yeah, you know, Jake Jake started the weekend off pretty shit, and you know, obviously race one, you know, the suitor clutch thing or whatever. But, um, but yeah, I mean, what are you going to do, you know? But so it's like, yeah, he, he threw, he threw Cam a gift on Saturday and, you know, Cam gave it back to him on Sunday. So they're kind of like dead even now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's tough. I mean, anytime that you use, you lose that type of track time in the beginning of the weekend is just brutal. I mean, so I don't know how many laps Jake got in FP1. I think it was only like four or five. And then, you know, sitting out Q1, I mean, that's just a massive amount of, of time uh, to lose, especially when you're potentially having to reset electronics with new pavement. So, right. yeah, brutal, brutal to lose that amount of time there. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, it's all around, you know, and it seemed like, dude, it's, it's not just me, right? Like every class basically punched through the lap, like all the lap records yep. fall, fell across the board, right? Yep. So, I mean, it's it's pretty impressive. We already got questions, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, uh, you know, Avi says, uh, did you say Graves? Can we humans get a hold of a Graves-built R6 engine? I'm sure you could. If you, just write a check. Uh, pretty a, much, a, yeah. I check. mean, pr- pretty much. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, that's honestly how my relationship with Chuck started was um, introducing some clients to him. And then, yeah. I mean, I've, I have a lot of my stuff uh, that's been done by them and yeah, there's, their stuff is absolutely positively available to anyone that will write a check. And um, right. that's, that's just how it works. Well, just, just to counter that also, everybody knows that I'm an attack guy and um, attack performance and Huntington beach. They write a also, check. They, you write a check, you write a big check, Yosef will build you whatever you want, man. There you go. So, yeah, and it, it, what's great is with uh, working with, the, with somebody at that level is there, 
you know, you see the tuners. I'm just going to talk shit right now. I'm not going to mention any names specifically, but, you know, when you go to, when you go to attack performance, or you go to somebody like Chuck, no shortcuts. It's like, it is what it is. If the thing's apart, everything's getting replaced. So sorry. Um, the, the, the mythical, you know, $1,500 engine rebuilder guy, um, I don't know what you're getting for $1,500, but it, it's not an engine rebuild. It, it's, I mean, the one thing that I like with them is, is that the standards are so high and it's, it's very cut and dry, which is, um, you know, we can build you this. It's going to cost X amount of money, <clears throat> but it's either that or we're not building it. <laughs> it's, it, it, otherwise, the whole package has to work together, whether it's, you know, the motor, um, the electronics, all those things have to work hand in hand. And yeah, the bottom line is, is that if, if they're not going to build something at that standard, they're just not going to do it. And if, I mean, I, I know how hard on the graveside, I know how hard those guys work. Uh, on the tax side, of course, I know how hard those guys work and yeah. every day is committed to making their products better. It, and yeah. So, yeah. and Yeah, I mean, like, look, you know, like I said, the, the mythical $1,500 engine, no, right? Uh, but it's like, what the fuck are you getting for $1,500? Like, the valve springs alone cost more than that. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's, so, yeah, um, I mean, that's, it, yeah, those days, those days, of course, are done. And, um, yeah. you know, the other, the other part of it is when you look at, when you look at the cost, you know, your opportunity cost, right? How much money have you spent to be there? Yeah, and then you take this other part, uh, part part of the equation. It's actually, in the big picture, it's not that expensive, but the cost of failure is massive. It's massive. So yeah, I don't know. I think I think you're paying for opportunity is what you're is what you're paying for. Right, right. You know, I mean, how much is a DNF worth to you? You know, <laughs> after traveling all the way across the country and putting your team up in hotels and et cetera, et cetera. So right, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like having Joe Dipshit work on your bike to be a national guy, even a club guy, to be honest with you, man. You know, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's a few years now, but not gonna, not gonna throw the guy under the bus any more than I already did in public back then. But the reality is that dude, basically, I know at least three guys that quit in one season because that guy. They were trying to save money. You know, I spent the. I spent an enormous amount of money on an engine from attack with my R1 back then. And, um, you know, I, that engine lasted and lasted, you know, like yeah. I beat the shit out of that thing. And these guys were spending the 1500 bucks or 2,500 bucks and they did it three times. Yep. They ended up spending more than I spent, you know? So, yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I just it's you get what you pay for. We'll just we'll just leave there, it yeah, yeah yeah. Anyway, so a lot of stuff happened. You know, I mean, um, what do you? Th uh, well, on the Motor America side, obviously Superbike. The big thing was uh, Tony Elias uh, decided to punch out. So, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... mean, I was pretty vocal on social media about what my thoughts were. <laughs> But what do you think? I didn't pay. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I, I, I heard what he obviously had to say, and I, I know Tony a little bit, and I, I think the world of the guy. I think if Tony, I mean, look, let's. The bottom line is, look, Tony's used to operating at a certain level, right? Right. And if he personally cannot operate at that level, he does not want to be there. It's right. It, it, I mean, you know how it is, Dustin. If if you 
<laughs> I mean, whatever your last PR, your last PB is, right? If you don't get close to that, then you think you suck and your life is over. So I, I, I get, I mean, that's the reality yeah, of it. Yeah, that's so, it. I'm quitting. I'm fucking and, done, and there's a right? guy that's won a world championship, right? He's, I mean, he's beaten, you know. He the, beat Rossi in his prime, yeah, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, he, he beat the greatest of all time straight up. Yeah. And so to not be able to perform at that level and know that he's got other issues, you know, whether he gets older, more responsible, whatever's going on, if he can't perform there, I mean, good on him for just not, not just freaking beating a dead horse, right? If he can't perform at the level he wants to perform, then I get it. Is it a, is it a bummer a little bit how it happened? I get it. I mean, it is a bummer, but I also get that it's like, look, I'm not going to spend the rest of the season chasing chasing something that I can't do. Yeah, yeah. But it's a shame because I, I think he's great for the sport. I think he's – I mean, I think he was a game changer when he came here in 16. Yeah. Game changer. I mean – Dude, he made everybody elevate, you know. I mean, he he stepped in. You know, uh, Jake Lewis got injured, you know, and all of a sudden he had to step in and – Dude, he stepped in and knocked it out of the fucking park, right? Yep. And then the next year, he had the he won. So yep, um, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, on a new on a new platform. So I mean, yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, he is to me. He's just the he's just the ultimate professional. And I think if he can't perform at those the levels that he wants to perform at, or where he wants, or doesn't see a way of getting there, for whatever reason, then. Yeah, I, 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 I do. I get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the dude also, I mean, look, it's a cyclical nature in Superbike, you know, every several years, I guess, goes by and there's one team that just pokes through and just kind of dominates. Right. I mean, that, yeah. you know, in that year that Tony won, Suzuki was, I mean, you know, the Yamahas couldn't even stay in their draft then. Right. And, uh, uh, it's, been a long time since that's been the case but um but yeah i mean now it looks like the bmw and the ducati are kind of doing that so we'll see yeah i mean again it's in yeah you have to fight <clears throat> you have to fight for your position and if you're not fighting for your position it's yeah it's easy to get punched in the face for sure yeah so you know that that to me was the biggest thing obviously tony's rather public announcement and then chris the you know the camera's abruptly stuck in Chris Elrich's face after, you know, and, and like I said on the show the other night, I was like, dude, you know, it's pretty shit to stick the camera in his face right after that. But, you know, I, I thought his reaction was a little gross, <laughs> but that's my opinion. I, th I mean, I think it's tough on all parties, right? I mean, Tony, right. Tony, you know, Tony throws a hand grenade and it's tough, you know, from, from Chris's perspective, obviously it's, it's tough, um, to, to want to be able to react to that. So I, yeah, I mean, I, let's put it this way. I don't want to be in either one of their positions. Um, yeah, yeah not, not, not a good time, but I, how by the about way, uh, uh, Knudsen is telling me that, uh, we should do a t-shirt that says if I don't cl get close to my PR or whatever, I quit. <laughs> I mean, there's so many stories. I have so I many could stories. I can totally make that shirt too. Oh, I know. I have so many <laughs> stories that uh, I could I could talk about. People like you know, that's it. I quit. Um, yeah. But it's it's tough. Because, it happens. You well, know, I've been there. The problem in our sport is, on the rider side is 
that you actually spend most of your time in the plateau stage. In other yeah. words, you spend, so you go up and life is amazing. Everything, this is the greatest sport in the world. Right. I'm going to spend all my money on it. I'm going to quit. This is the only thing I want to do. <laughs> and then, and then you suck. And yeah. then you're going to sell everything. And this, I never want to do it again. And this is dumb. And, Dude, are you like reading my fucking mind? Yeah. All the and, time. And so, and, so <laughs> and, and then you get a little bit more of an improvement. And then you, yeah, you get a little taste. You, get a little right. ta- you tiptoe into it. And then you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. So we spend most of the time in that yeah. plateau stage. Yeah. And we have to realize that if you embrace the plateau, that's actually, that, honestly, that's where the real work is, is in the plateau stage. And if you stick with process and you stick with your plan in that, you will improve. You will, you 100% will always improve. But if you don't have, honestly, the grit to stick out the plateau stage, that's, that's where it sucks. I mean, yeah. I taught a class last week and we were, we were talking about uh, break adjustability. And I remember I, I didn't, this is back before, you know, on my, in my, actually in, in any world in essentially in the Moto America paddock, or AMA paddock, I, I never saw a break graph before. So I was trying to figure out what breaking, what breaking was about and break adjustability was out. And what, right. how did I spent two years doing that? Like, Writing at lunchtime at Freddy's, writing at the end of the day at Freddy's, going to track days, and and literally just with my notebook of stuff, I, I mean, two years of just trying to figure out how am I supposed to communicate this topic. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's that's where the real that's where the real work is. I I, I love the uh, I, I I still occasionally uh, when I see him, I get the uh, Josh Hayes, man, you just got to go clamp them pads together, you know, like. Yeah. Sometimes you got to, man, just to see where you're at, you know? And um, he, Josh Hayes had me do that. And holy shit, I was like, dude, I'm like way over breaking for this corner, man. Like I could hold the, you know, I could start breaking way later and way later because, you know, when you go and quote unquote clamp them pads together, there's still fucking a lot of room, you know? You would be surprised. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't actually didn't. I didn't look at Richard's thing on this, but we saw a lot more um, break bar at Road America this weekend. I don't know if it was the extra grip or what, but we saw some pretty high, much higher break bar than we normally uh, would have seen. Yeah. But, um, but also on Road America, I saw Freddie. Got to hang out with Freddie for a little bit. I'd yeah. seen Freddie in a few years, and so I got to hang out with Freddie and wonderful to see him and um again he was such a major impact on my stuff so well he's working with the build train race stuff now right so and what's awesome is i have it on my little i have a wet board now to track who my guests are and dude i'm gonna have michaela on dude that's awesome she is a beast in that class right holy shit like who the fuck is she like where did she come from where did they find her? You know, it's funny. I, I, I really, I love the idea of that program, right? I love yeah. it. Where I go over there and they're all working on their bikes. They're asking questions and they're just trying to get it done. And I think it's, I think it's a pretty cool, pretty cool uh, program. Yeah. It looks like things have tightened up quite a bit and um, yeah, the, the, everything was pretty on cue. So yeah. By the way, Andre Costanos is watching, and he's he's talking. He's like agreeing with everything you're saying. Freddie Ross awesome. and all that. Yeah, like he's Andre's such awesome. a good dude. I, I like he and I end up almost always working together at the Champ School when we're working. You know, Streets of Willow or Button Willow or whatever. So that's awesome. Pretty awesome. So last thing on Road America is the baggers. 
Yeah, dude. They were so fast. Yes. Unbelievable. Insane. Insane. I, the I mean, watching, I don't know. I personally, like, when it comes time for the three-lap sprint, it's like I'm dropping stuff and I'm going to go watch the three-lap sprint. I think it's great. I love yeah. the idea of gridding, like, qualify and then grid and go, and it's a knife fight. So It's I sort of like I, a I, dirt track kind of throwback right because they do like a dash for cash race kind of thing too right i think it's something like that yeah, yeah. i know so, i enjoy it i think it's, I think great. it's rad I, and honestly dude like like i said on the show with richard last week um they sounded cool on tv too like they dude i mean they sound like v8s <laughs> so a couple things on that one is i mean all those guys are riding so hard and of course, you know, obviously we've got the Weinmans are so fast, you know, the, the Indian guys, you know, uh, you know, Tyler and the boys are so fast, but then look at Raspoli and Fong and Hayden. It's, yeah. So now it's like, you don't know who's going to be doing right. what. Unbelievable. It yeah. is. It's some of the best racing and some of the best drama. I think it's, yeah. uh, I think it's pretty cool. And then uh, one of the other things on Road America was the crowds. I've never seen that many i've been going i've been going there for quite a while yeah and i have not seen that many people there uh, i mean going over the bridges i went out um and rode bicycle around and just kind of cruised around the campgrounds were full like the, yeah. the campgrounds were there was no more camping inside the facility it was it was absolutely great and it looked nuts on tv when they would pan the the helicopter shot yep it looked nuts yeah, and the, again, and this is also another another round where the vibe in the pits is just very, very good. It's just yeah. a very up, upbeat, positive vibe, and so yeah, yeah, it's working. So I, I've got some questions from uh, some old school club racer questions from Sean Summers. Oh gosh, here we go. <laughs> he says, uh, "Which Shandell Motorsports paint scheme did you like the best?" I mean, well, I mean, the one that's the nearest and dearest to me is the Jody McAllister. We called it the pumpkin and the pumpkin was by far the, 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 you know, that was the first bike that somebody, Mike Canfield and my relationship with Mike goes back. I don't God, so many, I mean, decades now at this point, but yeah, Mike was the first guy that wanted to help me out and I got to ride his bike and, um, uh, it was, it was an honor to do that. But yeah, we, had this crazy paint job. Um, the bike was nicknamed the pumpkin and, uh, yeah, we, we won some races on that thing. It was pretty cool. And then, uh, let's see. Um, August Nord says she thinks that she's in the, I should quit stage. Come on, August. You don't need to quit. You got fucked up a little bit. Come back swinging. Yeah. I think, I th you she know, gets hurt pretty big, man. I, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, leg up or something. Yeah, that I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what. Um, I mean, I know she was riding, and then she wasn't, so I don't know what the what the situation is. But I think all of us have come back from what makes the okay, what makes the sport so hard. Yeah, is it's hard, <laughs> meaning that me, meaning that there's very few sports that have all the things that motorcycles does, meaning it has the, the mental part of it, right? So obviously the mental part is very yeah. tough. The, you know, the, just how your mental part, the physical part as well, right? So there's a physical, but motorcycles also have the mechanical part. So very few sports have those three things together, but 
consequences. So that's why there's no sport that has all three of those elements and the consequences. And so to do this sport and do it right, that's why it is so intoxicating and it's so rewarding. And yes. there's there's nothing there's nothing like it, dude. There's nothing like it. So, yeah. and I and I also believe that regardless of, I mean, it depends on what everybody's individual goals are, but I do think that regardless of the person, you can put yourself on a pathway to meet meet your goals if you have a clear understanding of the process, clear understanding of the fundamentals, and you put your reps in. I truly believe. Anybody can go. Anybody can go as far as they want in the sport if they stick to their plan and they stick yeah. to their process. I really do. Okay, so Sean Summers' other question was like, which club racer was your favorite to race against, and who was your least favorite? <laughs> um, I don't really have a least favorite. Um, I, well, actually, I okay. Well, I did say I had a little bit of a nemesis, but my favorite for sure was Dave Stanton. I was just going to um, suggest that. Yeah, I mean, Dave and I had some very special years together. I never won a one, number one plate. I had a lot of number two plates against him. And, I mean, Dave was just one of the, um, one of the fiercest, but also one of the most um, caring competitors. Somebody said Corey Call would be the fit for both. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, I mean, that's funny, man. Yeah, I mean, Dave was just something really – he was just super special. Um, uh, and him and I rode some amazing years together. Uh, so Dave for sure was um, was my favorite uh, guy to be around. And he's a guy that, you know, even though you'd lose, you didn't kind of mind losing because his stuff was always – he was better riding better and better squared away. I always – I didn't really race with AFM a lot back in the day but when i did i always looked at dave stanton as like yep. afm's version of curtis adams yeah, yeah i mean it's it just yeah it just he was just a great ambassador yeah. for the sport he was enjoying his life and just i mean just enjoying motorcycles and enjoying motorsports and so yeah dave dave for sure was um the one the rider that i wanted to beat but i also you know i wanted to aspire to be at his level yeah I, I can feel yeah. that. Yeah, I can feel that. Um, and then Trevor Watson says Canfield was around when the steam powered engines were <laughs> thing. So uh, <laughs> that's they, actually a fact, right? Uh, you know, fact check true. Fucking that dude. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I don't know what's. <laughs> I think poor Mike has still got his. I don't know whatever single six hundred racer from you know whenever. I think he probably bought that thing new, right? Some Yamaha yeah. singles thing. So, and I'm sure Mike still has it sitting in. in Dude, the, in the mid '90s, uh, I was living in Kansas City, and um, I was uh, I was on this like motorcycle.com BBS, and uh, it was about the 600s or something like '96 or '97. And there was this dude on there that was like, "Oh, Canfield this and Canfield that, right?" Like, I'm like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Like, you know, and he was just like using Canfield's dyno or whatever, but. Yeah, so, and that was that was in the nineties, wow. and I was in another state. <laughs> well, Mike, I don't know. Mike is uh, obviously considering where he's at now and who who he works for. Um, yeah, and the work he does, uh, he's he's he absolutely does a legend. 
Yeah, he's a great work. Sure. I, I really like Mike a lot. We yeah. we have a good time at every time I'm at with the team. I always am hanging out with Mike. So, you know, Mike's like, hey, you need to store something here. You can store it in my little cubby hole in my, you know, the team oh toolbox God. or whatever. So, um, yeah, he's a good yeah. dude. So, um, so the other stuff that happened was uh, GP happened last weekend, right? Holy so smokes. I, what I the still fuck's up with the Marquez brothers, it. man? I haven't watched more uh, Moto2, Moto3, but, but MotoGP, holy smokes. I, I'm the Marquez brothers, man. Dude. That, not good. So first of all, Honda's in a world of hurt. That is, um, that is not a good situation. And yeah. now, I mean, riders hurt. Um, Marquez can't finish a race. Um, yeah. And the, when you watch him ride, you literally can see the desperation yes. in his riding. I mean, whether he's looking for a toe or the bike is out of shape or I've like, I've never seen him not be as person. I've never seen him not be um, uh, this, per like this unprecise. Yeah. He's, he's sloppy. And I mean, you just never saw. He that. looks like he's on the ragged edge of ragged everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And and then what's his deal with the follow the leader shit and qualifying that he's been doing since he's come back from his arm injury? He never did that before. No, I mean he would do it a little bit, but not not to this degree. Not to where he he basically structured his 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 deal on it. I don't know what's up with that, other than he needs somebody else to drag him along to yeah. give him the confidence that he can get through or. I don't think necessarily think he's looking for the draft part of it, but it, I think he's just looking to help. I, I think he's using those other riders as a reference. That yeah. He can get towed up to that pace. Right. He's, yeah. It's, it's bizarre. It's weird, man. It's weird it to have weird. a, you know, a top level guy need a tow like that. Yeah. And then, and then, then the, the, the qualifying shit, I, 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 it looked like a nothing to me. Like they, the MotoGP broadcast tried to make a big deal out of the qualifying shit or whatever, the little whatever between him and Pecco. But, you know, I watched the replay over and over, and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? There was, like, nothing. It looked I like nothing. One, I didn't think that one was that big of a deal. His The, the crash in the race was interesting. That yeah. Basically, I thought, you know, like, what are you doing out there? And yeah. it was basically he didn't want – I mean, he didn't want to give up anything. So no. if he needed if he needed to roll around a little bit with a little bit more roll speed, or or he made a mistake on the entry and he didn't want to give he, he felt like he couldn't give that up, so he needed to be there, uh, and then of course it, it it bit him in the ass. So that's the yeah. level that's the level of on the edge. The memes were funny though. Oh my god, yeah. And his brother, <laughs> the skydiving one was I mean, my favorite. I was pretty bummed about it you know his brother started off the season so well. And I was like, wow, maybe he's actually going to, you know, calm down. But now yeah. he's also sort of in the, the Marquez lost your mind um, mentality. Yeah. So a little bit. Yeah. Bit you know, Pecco, you know, uh, just a heads up. Um, Castano says that Pecco needs to chill. <sighs> I don't know, I, the I, the I guy's don't, winning everything. So, like, well, I don't disagree with that. But here's the thing is look at how much more on the edge these guys are, meaning the the paces, obviously the pace is faster. How many times did one of the guys, it used to be you'd run wide yeah. and you'd either maintain position or one guy would get by you. Right. You run wide now, Miller went. Three guys Miller, go by you. <laughs> yes. And so, but if you don't, if you don't, 
push that on the entry, you're going to get passed on the entry, right? Yeah. So it's 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 a crazy deal. So yeah, I I don't know. I think I think we're seeing some pretty historic stuff. And I it looks I, like the sprint racing is kind of helping making them even more faster in the big race too, right? I think the the overall because they're pushing the edge is what I mean. Right. I think the overall intensity is just up, yeah. like. It like everything got even elevated in the practice and qualifying sessions, right? Now that yeah. it, it's, they can't waste time because yeah. they, they've got to be able to to you know to get up there and, and make sure that they can qualify. And when they're a little bit off, you know, like the Yamaha guys are a little bit off too, and they're just way off. You know, it's like a little bit off. There is like you might as well just go home. Almost. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I read. I read today. Um, I think Quadraro was eleven seconds, eleven or fifteen seconds fast or slower uh, this race than last year, which is of course Jesus. I mean, that's everybody's going the opposite direction. So, hmm. yeah, pretty pretty rough. Those guys have. Um, yeah. Yeah that that is not a good position to be in. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but that sucks. Yeah. 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 So, um, and then, you know what, man, like. Uh, the news, I guess, today, right, is uh, Bobby Fong is coming back to Superbike. Yeah, that's. I find that interesting. Uh, well, first of all, I love Bobby, right? I raced me against too, Bobby. Man. I, Bobby is Bobby to me is like the scrapper of scrappers. He's just yeah, dude. He he, whether it's a Harley or yeah. whether it's a Superbike or whether it's a six hundred, you can be guaranteed it's going to be ridden at. It's maximum, yeah. And I appreciate that. I think that's uh, I think that's great. Nice, nicest guy in the world. I ra actually raced against Bobby um, during his first upcoming years at AFM. So I, Bobby and I battled it out in a bunch of six hundred races. Uh, Bobby even ran me over once. That was my fault. oh good times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, look, I, I remember Bobby when he was a kid. You know, like hook him up at the free track day here and there, right? But um, you know, Bobby, Bobby and I have always had a pretty good relationship and. I'm actually going to have him on the show after he rides the superbike. But oh, awesome. uh, what's cool about the superbike he's riding is, um, you know, Aussie Dave's bike. Everybody knows, right? But Aussie Dave's bike is actually the bike Jake Gagne won the title on last year. So, like, it's a legit, legit superbike. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Bobby does because obviously he's he. It's not super fresh, but he does still have you know some super bike in his in his brain. Oh yeah, um, uh, from the Suzuki. I mean, obviously he has so much big bike experience. I think it's going to be really interesting to see that he see how he does on it. Yeah. Also, again, going back to how Bobby rides, right? He is going to ride everything yeah. to to the maximum. Yeah. So. I think that's. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be fun. Um, and of course, the yeah. I, I texted him. I'll, I'll. I'll. You know what? I'm gonna just read out what he said in the text because it's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> he's like, I was like, dude, you haven't forgot how to ride. He's like, I know, but the fucking bagger is night and day different. And so my response to him, I'm like, yeah, but the brake lever and throttle are still on the right side, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, so, like, he's trying to downplay. His, you know, he's trying to downplay it, but dude, he's stoked. Like he is, he's like, yeah, it's going to take me a little bit to figure it out, but by race two, I should be ready to, you know. He'll, like, he, 
he's got so many reps under his belt. Yeah. He's going to be just fine. I yeah. am not, uh, I am not worried about it. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll go just fine. Um, yeah, no, no issue there. And, and Trevor, it's not minus the motor, dude. It's the, the legit real deal Yamaha super bike with the Morelli yeah. and the engine and everything. I think the only difference between that bike and the current bike is Richard's changed the swing arm a little bit. And, um, Dave and his guy, Nick Sillig, Nick Sillig is like his little genius guy in his pit. So Nick made uh, a gas tank for him because, you know, the uh, Dave wasn't interested in the expensive, you know, take a week to make by hand gas tanks that Richard uses. Um, so they, they made a tank and, and then he puts like the, the fiberglass shell over the top of it, you know, like the, the tank cover thing. Uh, but other than that, and the bodywork, that bike is legit part bolt to bolt. That is that is Jake Kanye's bike from last year, including the engine. And I think he's yeah. got like a, I think he's got like a rotation of engines that he uses. You know, like he'll turn one in, and Richard gives him another one, kind of thing. You know, the maintenance cycle of the engines. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, obviously, it's great having Bobby ride that, and and. I'm sure David's finding out that a bike at that spec is is a whole nother level of trying to figure stuff out. I mean, uh, it takes a pretty good crew, I would imagine, or at least running back and forth uh, to the attack attack team to try to figure out how to get that thing um, dialed yeah. in for him. So yeah, and Trevor Watson's like, well, except for the engine, you know, didn't it blow up at Road at Road America? Like, yeah, it let go, you know. Um, the, the VP fuel for the win on that one. Um, what are you going to do? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the exciting stuff that I was, I was seeing, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know why Dave, you know, why, why Bobby's riding the bike instead of Dave is, is Dave injured or something or. I don't know. Yeah. I've, I've I mean, heard I, anything. Wrong. I've heard that he's like, I've heard that he's kind of like, in that zone that you were talking about earlier. And I hope that's not the case. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope not. I mean, Dave, Dave's been around uh, quite a while and obviously the guy can ride a motorcycle. So, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, I think, I mean, it does have to be tough to, you know, obviously get Jake's bike and, you know, spend the money and, and commit to that program. And if the performance isn't what you maybe would have expected, oh, I'll just hop on Jake Gagne's bike and I can't wait, you know, I can't wait to do, you know, get podiums all day long. And the the bike is just the entry fee at that point. I mean, there's so many things that go on behind the scenes right. with, obviously with, with the crew, um, you know, the data, the data analysis on the engine side, on a super bike, data analysis on the chassis side. I mean, they're yeah. two totally different things and, all those things have got to be figured out. So it's, yeah. it's a lot to, it's a lot to, uh, to diet, to digest. Yeah. So. so, you know, I have a couple more comments here we're getting close to the hour and, um, I think we're going to push into that, but, um, what, what's the deal with, uh, the bodyguards in MotoGP? I guess, uh, I, I looked it up and MotoGP got a bodyguard for, um, uh, for Vinales and Marquez and Marquez's bodyguard straight up looked like Hulk Hogan. Like, I saw that picture. An out of shape Hulk like, Hogan. What? Yeah. I, well, yeah, a little, yeah. A little bit of an out of shape Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, I got nothing. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, 
I got I got nothing unless unless they've you know pissed off enough people by crashing their shit so much. Um, I got I got nothing. Really? And Vinalis, what I mean, what? Yeah, I, and I was like, is it is it because they were on you know Italian home turf? Like, is that? I, I couldn't figure out why those two guys and nobody else, or you know. Well, I can't wait that you know I can't wait for that to trickle down to the Moto America paddock. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. To start to start off with with that. So it'll well, be I'm good. still I'm still hoping that uh, you know the Yamaha team comes up with some budget to have a cup of tea guy, you know, <laughs> right? Like the World Superbike team, they have like I don't know, I can't remember the exact number. I think they had like 27 people full time in their pit, and um, they're all, they're the whole road crew, the traveling circus, right? And uh, one of the one guy, his whole job in life on the weekend is to make cups of tea. Yep. <laughs> no shit. I was like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. Well, it's it's like also you know when, and I'm sure it's well, I haven't been to World Superbike in that regard, but in Grand Prix side, when it's your time slot at hospitality, yeah, you drop everything. Everything yeah. gets dropped, and everyone goes to hospitality. Oh That's no, that's not hospitality, dude. The hospitality, that's a whole nother thing. I'm talking about yeah. just the race. No, no, I know the tea guy. Yeah. But I mean, that's yeah. how serious. Yeah, they take, <laughs> they take their food, yes. their coffee, and in this case, their tea very seriously. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I can only imagine what the GP's um, hospitality is like compared to the World Superbike. But World Superbike was pretty nuts, you know, compared to what we have here. You know, I mean, in our pit, it's like, okay. Grab a fresh and lean out of the fridge, right? Okay, put it in the oven. Wait fifteen minutes, right? Like that's that's yeah. our hospitality. Yeah, no, so. it. Uh, yeah, GP. You know, my time <laughs> in GP was uh, no. It was you've got your slot at thirteen oh five. The team drops everything at thirteen oh five. You go yeah. over there as a team, and you. I mean, you've got your tables. The food is just. I mean, it's insane how good the food is. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. And so, so then the last thing I was going to wrap with this is that, um, you know, Richard showed some data and we talked about it earlier. Mm -hmm. And it'd be pretty cool to see some, some data on the super sports side. So you I know? have a little bit. Um, hang on a second here. Let me get, uh, I think I can do this. Okay. So. It's pretty crazy that super sport bikes are using data like that now too, you know, not in the same way as super bike. Uh, uh, let's see if this is going to work. No, I screwed that up. Hang on. Oh, wow. You shared the, the whole I show. Screwed that up. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I did. Hang on. Um, I have... Just a heads up. He rides motorcycles for a living people. He's not an IT guy. Oh no. So. I'm such a, I'm a moron. Uh, oh, you know why? Cause I had my window reduced. That's why. Ah, all right, let's get this. Uh, right let's on. get this going. Um, yeah, so I think I think there's a couple things like this is just some um, uh, basic aim here. Let's see if I can get this. Oh, hang on, I got to click on that. There we go. So this is just some some basic aim, and all this is, for instance, we're like which rider is this? Uh, this is CJ. Okay. And this is just his his um, here. Let me go uh, here. 
So this is just comparing his best in 2022 to his best in 2023. Okay. And and for us, uh, you know, the, the the big improvements for us were with when it comes to grip. The big improvements for us were um, in essentially from turn in back to back to driving. Yeah. So like the the blue the blue is uh, 2023. The black okay. is 2022. Okay. But like, there's a couple. There's a couple spots here. So let me blow. Let me blow up a couple spots. Yeah, blow it up. Like, is is does he have like more slip or something right now? Like, you know, last year versus this year. Um, is he using more lean angle? Is he able to get on the yeah, gas? Yeah. So sooner? this is so the top. The top one is speed. Okay. Uh, the middle one is throttle, and the other. The last one is just is just some brakes. And so if you kind of look at some of these things, is we're a, we're basically able so like on the left side of the left side of the graph here, um, when we look at it, you can see a little bit of a, a brake graph where he's able to get off. The, he's able to build uh, brake pressure quicker. This is just um, actually this is going into seven. Okay, uh, he's off the brake sooner, but then he's able to get on the throttle sooner, and then that's what translates to the higher basically roll speed. So okay. it's it's the <laughs> It's the, it's the, it's the things that we talk about, which is <laughs> condensing your brake zones, extending your acceleration zones. That's basically what the, the sport is all about. And so in this case, uh, turn seven, he was off the brakes. And if we wanted to get into like here, actually I could do it as time, but we'll do it as feet right now. So bear with me. Okay. Uh, 91, 66. Yeah. I mean, he was off the brakes, um, 60 feet earlier. <clears throat> So he was wow. able to get off the brake 60 feet earlier, which meant he started his drive 60 feet sooner. And that's where that speed is coming from uh, at the top left of the screen. And that's and then, due to the grip level? Yeah, basically, it's basically due to the grip level, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, and then man. with um, coming down and then coming down into eight, for example, is he did go to the brakes slightly earlier. Um, he built about the same peak brake pressure, got off of it about the same, um, but again, he was able to carry more roll speed through the corner. So roll speed wise, he was able to carry, um, wow, is it that much? <laughs> it's, yeah, he's actually able to carry about six more miles an hour through the middle of the corner. No shit. Six, That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, and then going into the carousel, so to your point, one of the things that we actually worked on from the rider standpoint was how he was rolling off the throttle going into the carousel. So we were working on a slower uh, roll off there. And you can see on the throttle graph, we did accomplish that. But yeah. all the way through the carousel, yeah, I mean, his speed is up um, eight miles an hour uh, yeah. at a peak eight. And then kind of in the middle, we were still up three and a half. And towards the exit, we were still up um, three, five miles an hour. And we're still able to get the wide open throttle sooner. So, yeah, I mean, just that's where the more, the more grip, the more grip is. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, pretty, pretty, I mean, for us, that's where a lot of the, um, the time, the time came from. And hmm. then when we look at also some of these, if you get, if you look at them from a time perspective, um, we can we even take it down even a little bit further um, when we start looking at it in in time. 
Uh, another place we made quite a bit of time was in 13, uh, the left-hander, um, quite a bit of roll, quite a bit more roll speed through there. And that, that was this year. So if, if you look, it's, it's, uh, kind of over on the right-hand side of the screen. If you look at the third, um, if you look at the third, um, tier of the data, You'll see on the break graph that there's yeah. a black, there's black, there's no blue in 2013 or 2023. We oh, didn't have wow. to use brakes there this year. So we had enough grip. Um, we didn't have to use brakes there. And time-wise, uh, it was it was pretty substantial. So again, we carried more speed through there. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, I mean, if you actually want to look at it from a, a time perspective of how much time we were able to pick up 3-1. Um, yeah, that was two tenths. So just two tenths in that one little short, short section. So for us, it, it was more about uh, being able to use, use the, you know, being able to accelerate longer, use more brakes, get off the brakes sooner, and that translated into more entry speed. And then if the bike is pointed correctly, it actually translates to a better exit. So for us, yeah. that's where quite a bit of that. Um, that, that, that stuff, that stuff lines up with, basically what Cody Wyman was saying, uh, like the, the grip level helped him raise his confidence. And he's like, dude, you know, like you were saying, there's a little lack of feel, right? Yep. But at the same time, he's like, well, it feels all right. Like, I'm going to just keep laying this thing over. And he's like, all of a sudden I'm on my elbow and it's still, you know, good. Yeah, grip. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and we were seeing quite a bit more, again, quite a bit more brake pressure um, than we'd even seen uh, in the previous years. I mean, we had seen, you know, for a little 600 seeing, we, you know, we don't typically see 15s, 14s, 15s on brake, but here we even had a peak of uh, 19 bar. No shit. Um, yeah. CJ? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no 17 kidding. Bar. The tree trimmer is yeah. getting it done. Oh no, he's you. You <laughs> we're only just we're only just yeah. You wait, we're only just beginning. That explains why uh, you're yeah. rocking the uh, CJ uh, tree trimmer shirt. Right? Well, dude, he's he's freaking earned it, so it's yeah. it's uh, it's pretty good. So yeah, I mean, on the data side, I mean, again, we could sit here and talk about this this stuff all night. But for us, as far as Road America, the improvements for us was essentially being able to go to the brakes later, get the bike stopped sooner, um, and accelerate sooner. I mean, it's just it's. I'm curious if, if you look at the data, like, is there any way that, I mean, do the 600s wheelie a lot? Do you, do you, or is there a way that you could change and add wheelie control in there? Or ha like, yeah, well, we don't have wheelie control on ours. I mean, we have, uh, on our electronics, we have, um, um, on dry TC, we have three levels of dry TC. We have three levels of engine braking dry, and then we go into rain uh, intermediate rain settings. So I think we is that is that like the GYTR kit ECU or, or no? You... It's oh, no, it's Graves. This for us, we're we're flash tuned. So oh, we have okay. we actually have seven levels. We have seven levels of TC total, and we have I think okay. we've got four or five uh, engine braking strategies that we can use as well. Okay. So we, I mean, we have it. We don't have TC. We don't have. Um, we don't have wheelie control on ours, though. Okay. Uh, that is where the good, that is where the good old rear brake uh, comes into play. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and you guys are using kind of like the uh, I don't know. I, have, I I haven't had flash tune stuff in a while, but like we, they used to call the race team package, which gave you more control over things. Um, 
I have on the R one. I only know the R one stuff, right? So yeah, I have, to translate. I have no, I have no idea. Um, yeah. I, this is the, I'm the guy that says I want. We want it to do X, Y, and Z, and then we let them go do their there you thing. Go. We just, pay, there you we just go. pay for it. We just pay for it. <laughs> you guys just so. write a check. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, well, I. I don't. CJ yeah, well, does. the tree trimmer does. You know, yeah. business must be good. Helicopter tree trimming. So, yeah. So, I mean, again, for us, um, Road America was 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 overall very good for us. Um, and again, those were just some of the improvements that um, that we had on our side. And again, that was just very rudimentary, uh, looking at some things. And we can take it to the nth degree if we if we want to. So, Josh Merrill wants to know, like, what your scientific method to bike setup is. Josh, you know, it's funny, Josh. I'm glad that he brought that up because, yeah, people get so. My job is a little bit goofy because I have to um, it, it's kind of a team manager position. It's a crew chief, um, it's a rider coach and and data as well, right? So I've got all these hats I have to wear. So like being able to like being able to figure things out in a very short amount of time, I mean, you've got data, you got rider downloads. but there's times where there's times where thankfully, um, our Josh Merrill um, uh, uh, roll of dice come, come, come into play. Where we Dude, just I have one of those too, but it's a yeah, little so it it's says like different shit. If I'm shit. just confused, if I'm just confused, right, <laughs> I just kind of flip this around. I'll be like, oh, a, yeah, here, a softer tire. We need a softer tire. That's our okay. problem. Or if I'm, if I'm just completely screwed up with it, it'd be like, oh, it's real simple. We just need to, you know, more, more throttle, more gas. Oh. It's really easy. I mean so, – Okay. As, a, as a crew chief, this really simplifies the process. <laughs> and okay, 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 here's the cool thing is now, if if the rider <laughs> if the if the rider's still like blaming the bike and crap, then we're like, okay, you know what? It's probably you, the rider, and we got to pull yeah. you know we got to pull the rider's head out of his, their ass a little bit. Yeah. So we actually have one. We have one on the rider side as well that has our fundamentals built into it. So we can just flip it and say, oh, dude, it. Sorry, it's your bike placement. You got <laughs> to get your bike placement. And if that doesn't work, right? Next time we go, oh, you know what? It's your it's your focus and vision. That's the problem. Wow, so dude. This, I need to get a set of those. Dude, these have been a these have been I a mean, if, if he if there if he made a rider one for me, all sides would just say, dude. Yeah, exactly. Cuz I mean, they mean different stuff, right? Yeah, so you look at it and you're like, it, dude. How oh. you Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're pretty fun, but anyway, so, uh, yeah. Trevor Watson says tree trimmer was his nickname in high school. I say cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Dave Moss, uh, three clicks on the suspension, right? Wow. Oh yeah. That's funny. I think you yeah, I think he's got a what is it? Three clicks out or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Josh, Josh is doing some three D printer stuff. Dude, uh, these things are awesome. These things are hysterical. So you yeah, send you some track maps too. People? I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I got some track. I don't maps. have any of those. I got I got uh, Button Willow. Oh, there you go. Yeah, and I got uh, you know the T Rex track. Right? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have the dice too, and it, it it says way more colorful shit on it than yours does. Yeah, yeah, mine's, mine's a little bit more, I guess, PC, but uh, yeah. Anyway, it's cool stuff. Yeah, fun that's to, cool, fun to man. Play with. Yeah. So that's your scientific method. 
That is, yeah, I have, so, like, the, like, typically if you see me behind a computer, like, if, you know, I'm working computer, the thing's not even turned on. All it is is I'm, like, just waiting to roll one of these, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, the the computer, I, I mean, it just saves so much time, right? Just, roll of the dice, boom, problem solved. Yeah, and rarely do we get the same one twice, so, you know, it kind of makes it look like we know what we're doing. Okay, so you guys have uh, – man, we're a little bit over an hour, but you have the Ridge coming up next. What do you, what do you think about uh, – what, what's your plan for the Ridge? Do you have so anything for, special, anything new hotness? Um, so it's funny. I mean that was actually part of my – what I was working on today. And so just so people understand that you know, it's not like I know it all or, or um, you know, it's easy to do these things. I have points of reference that I have to, I have to run things by. So I looked at last year's data and I looked at last year's setup. I looked at where we were deficient last year and where our segments lagged. Luckily I have reference data that I can look at our rider and figure out where we need to go quicker. Right. And so I spent some time today looking at our segments where we needed to go quicker, looking at rider inputs, throttle, brake, bike placement. I mean, we do Google or, you know, GPS placement on where bike placement is. And we spent a lot of time with that. And so today was I actually did a, a recorded rider briefing uh, that I sent out that has the areas that we're going to work on. We have basically three specific areas that we're working on. Um, where we're going to get the most of our lap time, our straight up and down braking is good, our acceleration is good, but we've got some things that we want to work on. Yeah, um, in the middle, and then the bike setup uh, side, uh, we are trying actually something a little bit different than what we normally do on the front setting. We've we've found something um, the last couple of races that we like. We've never run this setting at the ridge, so we're going to try it, which is a little bit of a lighter setting in the front. Um, we're going to do some things with some geometry um, to alter with that lighter setting. So that's you know. Let me ask you something about uh, gear selection. Do you, like do you guys you go down to first gear on the six hundred set the ridge? Yeah. So it's actually that that question came up today in our in in one of my in one of my phone calls with and my. If reference. so, how many times? Two, three. So, um, there's there's a couple schools of camp on this and. Um, at the Ridge, there are some riders that will use first gear in turn 13, but it's not for an exit issue. It's literally to slow the effing thing down. I mean, at the top of the hill there. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a 26 mile an hour corner, right? I mean, you're do you're, you're, you could, you'd be throwing anchors off the bike if you could to get the thing to slow down. Yeah. So there's some riders that want to use first gear there just to do anything to get the thing slowed down after they come over 13, they'll go from first down to second because they don't first is too low and it's strictly to slow the bike down. It has really nothing to do with exit RPM. Right. Um, so it is definitely an outlier in the world of, of using first gear, but no, it's a second, third, fourth gear, um, second, third, fourth gear track. Um, we're actually going to try a little bit, something taller with gearing. We found, we're on a rev limiter in a couple of spots, so that's not going to get better if we try to up our pace. Uh, even though the tires are a little bit taller, we're still going to go up on gearing a little bit. So okay, okay. So yeah, we've got we have, we got a lot of rider stuff to work on. We again did our rider briefing today. Uh, the setup of the bike's going to be a little bit different, um, mainly to help on throttle trajectory, like on throttle trail. So we want to make sure there's places where you're accelerating for kind of a long time we want to make sure the bike is able to keep steering on throttle 
so we're working on that. And then the last one is uh, gearing. So Nice. Cool. So to answer your question, yes, I am working on stuff. Nice. Yeah, the first gear thing is a, you know, Richard's, you know, I'm, I'm part of the, I, I, I drink the, the Kool-Aid at the attack shop, right? And uh, yeah, like we, we use first gear quite a bit. And, um, and because Superbikes, you know, like he wants, uh, wants to get that jump off the corner, you know, um, a lot of times. But I think up there in that area that you're talking about, I mean, man, you're cooking into that thing. And it's like, Dude, you need everything you got to get that thing going, you know? It's so. it's rev limiter in third gear. You come in rev yeah. limiter in third, and you've got to slow down to 20. Well, I think the superbikes are like rev limiter in fourth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's insane how fast it is. And yeah. You're, yeah, like I said, you're throwing everything off the bike to, to yeah. try to get the thing to stop for this um, this insane corner. Yeah. But yeah, the 600s, we don't spend a lot of time in first gear on those bikes. We find that from a performance standpoint, and we, we went through this with, you know, Hayden and we went through this with um, um, even Aguilar and, and Nick McFadden, where we found that the performance difference for us using first typically there wasn't enough performance advantage that outweighed yeah. the brain that outweighed the brain space to do it. Right. So they're just not they're just more of a production style gearbox where they're not really yeah. designed. And our R sixes have actually a fairly low first gear. Okay. So the jump between second and first um, was was always a little bit of a problem. Like my reference is so R one y you know. So yeah, this seems to be like a hundred miles an hour in first gear. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So it, it's just you know a lot of guys are. I, I I talk to a lot of club racers and stuff, and they're always a lot of club racers are are pretty shy to go that far down the gearbox. You know, like second is about their limit, and uh, you know I I use first gear quite a bit, even at Button Willow on my bike. You know. And, um, you know, I've gotten into some arguments with some guys and then I beat them anyway. And, um, it's like, sure. You don't want to try first, you know, but go ahead. Keep using second, man. I don't, you know? Yeah. I think, I think if it's one of those things that if you're set up for not, I mean, as long as the, if the bike is set up for it and your brain is set up for it, I think there's places where you definitely want the thing to yank off a corner. Um, right. there was places that, I mean, a lot of places that we would use it at least back in, in some of the club days, um, or, or we definitely want the thing to jump off a corner pretty hard. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know, the reality is the 600 is just, I mean, I, I, a lot of my references and a lot of the shit that comes out of my mouth with things that the bikes do are thousand related. And yeah. like, it's been a minute, even though I raced 600 forever, it's, it's almost we're like I've throw, forgotten. Yeah, we, need to throw your, we need to throw your ass on one of those again. So no, you can remember what it's like. no. <laughs> yeah. I like being lazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. Well, awesome. you know what, Ken? It's a good show, dude. Thank you. Um, thank you for your time. Of course, um, yeah. These are, these are fun. And for everybody to know, these have – we have zero agenda. We have no, no idea. We, we don't even know what the hell we're going to talk about until we start talking about stuff. So That's why it talks um, in circles a little bit. It's like, oh, yeah. we're going to do here. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? It would be cool if we talk about – you know, so. So, let, yeah, let us know. If, you, if, there's, if there's something you want on these, let us know. We'll, we'll dive into it. Um, obviously, the questions are great as well. So Yeah, um, comment – you know, in the comments if you want to see something after the ridge, like you want to see a yeah. specific block of data, you know, I mean, sure. shit, we could probably – I mean – we can probably even have CJ join us, you know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. that. Yeah, we want we want these to be super fun, and yeah. um, if they can learn a little bit of something as well, then that's awesome. Yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how your your pre race plan goes, you know, because 
you never really how it goes. You, you really never really know how that plan's going to go until you get punched in the face. That is correct. Um, so you know, it'd be interesting to see how that that progress the yeah. progression continues with CJ. And then also, um, you know, moving on to Laguna, new pavement there. So you're going to have to deal now. with that. Huh? It's happening now. Yeah, Isn't I know. It? Like you guys are going to be the first ones now. on it, I think. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff going on and the season's long. So we're going to, I think we're going to keep doing this, right? <laughs> yep. Let's, let's get out. Yeah, let's, it. we'll do a post-race one every time pretty much. So. Yep. If you guys want to hear something, just comment in there and we'll add it to the next discussion. Yeah. Great. All right, dude. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. All right.